celebrating our connection with our pets. This is Animal Radio. Here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. And let us not forget your dream team. Dr. Debbie answering your vet medical questions. Dog trainer Alan Cable. Dog father Joey Villani. And animal communicator Joy Turner. This is, uh, is this show really 666? I know. Wow, this is our 666th show. The, uh, what's wow, going to wow. happen to the number of the beast, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> That's appropriate, isn't it? <laughs> Listen, that was one of my favorite songs growing up, um, Iron Maiden. So. Oh, Iron Maiden. I'll tell you, we were both rockers, weren't we? Ooh. Yes, we were. Joey, what do you got coming up today? I'm going to tell you how to get rid of your stinky bird. Okay, so if your bird stinks, I'll tell you. By the way, if you haven't seen Joey's bird, and I'm talking about his cockatoo. It's, it is a cockatoo, right? It's it's a cockatoo. Okay, it's over at the uh, Facebook page. He's jamming out, probably to some Iron Maiden. No, yeah, maybe, maybe Iron Maiden. I thought when you said get rid of your bird, I thought you were talking about taking a contract out. <laughs> oh, yeah, if I'm the so... money's right, we can arrange that, too. I'm so if glad. you could come to me sooner, <laughs> your bird wouldn't be alive this very day. <laughs> and Ladybug's looking up at us like we're all crazy here. Yeah, she knows we're all crazy. It's so nice to be able to take our pets to work. They actually say that it reduces stress. Where, where is that study that I just found? Yeah. That's a bunch of crap, and I'm going to tell you why. Why? Because I used to... Be Bring my dogs to the school we went when, when I had the Nash Academy and my dogs were the most unruly and would bark and want to get out and 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 my stress level would go up by a hundred times because my dogs were so unruly in the in, in the crate they, they knew they owned the place so it wasn't <laughs> yeah it didn't bring the stress level down at all okay so the boss shouldn't bring the dog to work check this study out they did this over 17 years and they uh, they sampled saliva of employees that uh, took their dogs or cats to work, and they found that the cortisol levels, which is a hormone that indicates stress level, was reduced in those that brought their animals to work. Hmm. Yeah, well, well, yeah, well, you're, you're always I think if I would have spit, it would have burned the hole in the floor. That's how much acid was visiting me, right? Uh. <laughs> On the big show today, really, Judy? No celebs. Okay, no. no celebs. It is show six sixty six. I'll tell you that right now. I have a. I have a. I have a good feeling about that. Actually, I couldn't get any celebs to come on six sixty six. They didn't want to come on show six sixty six. No, I understand that completely. However, we will be talking to the uh, new lawyers that have uh, assembled around Lennox's Law, which is, uh, is is that the name of their firm, Lennox's Law? No, that's the name of the dog that was put down because it had an appearance similar to a pit bull. Yeah. Okay. Oh man. Oh, was that the dog in in, in England? Yes. Yes. Yeah. That, that so was that, that, that. That's a bunch of crap. Let me tell you. Yeah. yeah that's, really so, that's so sad. That is so sad. Yeah. Okay. That's on the way here. Also, we'll be talking to Pacific Pets Transports. What's that, Judy? They transport animals all over the nation, all over the world. Anything from hippos and giraffes to dogs and cats and snakes and. Hmm. How exciting. That is Very awesome, man. Now my mother-in-law has a way to go. I'm saying. <laughs> Stacy, what do you recommend? Have you ever eaten something and you bite into it and then somebody says, oh, that isn't exactly what you thought it was? Like, I don't know, maybe Uh-oh. you ate a worm or something one time or who knows what you may have eaten. But some prisoners, whoo, they really got it. They were given pet food and didn't know it. In America? <laughs> oh. Yeah, right here in America. Yeah, you'd be surprised what happens here in America in our prison system. Anyway, at least it didn't happen in the shower. I'll tell you more about it coming up on Animal Radio News. Let's hit the phones. Save us. (laughs) 
Hi, Susan. Welcome to the show. Hi. Thank you for taking my call. Where are you calling from today? Uh, Monrovia, California. Beautiful Los Angeles. Is it hot today? No, it's wonderful weather. It's a nice break. It's just the right time of year, I'll tell you. Listen, I understand you have something going on with your animal, dog, cat, parrot, uh, dog. I have a dog. Okay. What's going on? (laughs) You know what? I'll tell you right now. It's show 666 for us, so nothing's coming right out of my mouth today. You're a little possessed here I'm a little possessed. (laughs) What's going on with your dog? Okay. Well, she's a um, a nine-year-old, about 80-pound Rhodesian Ridgeback mix, and she had eaten about 20 green bell tomatoes and resulting in seizures. Oh, my. Tomatoes can cause seizures? I did not know that. Yes. Now, so um, where is she at now? Is she in a a veterinary clinic? No, it happened end of July. We noticed her first seizure. And so, and then we noticed another one. We ended up taking her to the emergency um, clinic at night. And Mm -hmm. uh, they said it was probably that. That's from Solanine, which is in the green tomatoes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Brought her back home, went to see the doctor. She's on phenobarbital right now. And then it wasn't quite controlling all of them. So... She was placed on Valium. Okay. Yeah. Now, I'd have to say, without having re-ingestions, now, I, I'll back up here. Solanine and, and the, the concern with uh, green tomatoes, um, raw potatoes even, and all the greens that are involved with the tomato plant and the potato plant contain toxins that can cause all sorts of things. Um, sometimes it'll cause vomiting, diarrhea. Sometimes it'll be a matter of causing really severe depression, heart arrhythmias. Some cases, it'll cause kidney failure or seizures. So it has different effects. Um, um, it, it would be a bit unusual to have a sustained, ongoing seizure problem as a result of this toxicity back in July. If she were re-ingesting and having the opportunity to get into more, um, I might be able to make a case that that's in some way related to things at this point. So I'm not sure. Um, I would say it would be unlikely that that's still going on from there. Is the phenobarbital seeming to control things, or you're just touching it up with the Valium to help out? Yeah, the just like you said, the Valium to help out. They're not okay. grand mal seizures. Um, they're kind of um, milder ones as she gets okay. weak and uh, drooling. And is she having a possible re-exposure? Is she getting into these things again? Oh, no, not at all. We've uh, definitely closed off that area. I didn't even know about this problem with green tomatoes. So actually, I had given her some because I thought she liked them. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> so I feel terrible about that. But, you know, I read somewhere that they're fat-soluble this toxin, not water-soluble. So that's why I thought, oh, it's going to take longer for it to get out of the body. Yeah, and I have never heard of a pet having this delayed of a a seizure-type response with that. So no, I I can't say that that's very likely. Now, there are some other good anticonvulsants we can add in. And the the tough thing with Valium is it's just so short-term. It doesn't really give us preventative uh, seizure protection. So if phenobarbital isn't doing it well enough, a lot of times there's other ones like uh, potassium bromide that we can add in as a secondary anti-seizure medicine to help get better control. And that might be something to to look at for your kid to see if that kind of helps control it. Because even if a seizure isn't a grand mal seizure where they're falling over and drooling and losing control of their bodily functions, it's still not good. So we would want to try our best to try to help um, control that a bit more thoroughly. I, I might see about looking into that. You know, and definitely, you know, like I said, uh, making sure there's nothing else that she's getting into as far as any other toxins or any problems with that. Right. Okay. Well, thank you very much. She's one of those dogs that, you know, eats everything. 
<laughs> One of those dogs, oh. most dogs. <laughs> Well, you know, Ridgebacks are. They're very inquisitive. And I'll tell you, with my Labradors, anything goes when it comes to them. If it has the, the inkling of a, an odor of food that's been sitting next to it, um, oh. that product is going to be eaten. So, yeah. Well, my best wishes to you, Susan. And I, I hope you get some control of those seizures. But uh, polypharmacy is what we call when we add in these secondary um, seizure medications. So um, I, I would definitely advocate that. Thanks for your call, Susan. Now, this is for only green tomatoes, because I know taco night is the big night for Ladybug the Studio Stunt Dog. She loves to eat the tomatoes, and we, we free feed her tomatoes. Is that okay? On, is that okay? Yes, and that's the thing. With the with this type of toxicity, green tomatoes, unripe tomatoes, contain the toxins. As the tomato ripens, it, it decreases, so um, the fully ripe red tomatoes are perfectly fine. That's not any concern. However, the plants could be still a problem for um, mm. a dog if they got into that and chewed on that. And what about potatoes? Potatoes can actually do the same thing. So the potato plants and um, raw potatoes. So if a dog ate enough raw potatoes, we could run into that. And it has to do with the eyes and the little growths that come you know, off the, the potatoes. Good to know. I shouldn't be free feeding my dog any of this stuff anyway, right? But she just has those puppy... I know what they mean by puppy eyes. She looks up at me, Dad, a little bit of taco, please. Well, this portion of Animal Radio is underwritten by Fear Free Happy Homes. Don't forget you can get your fix of Animal Radio anytime you want with the Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Download it now. It's made possible by Fear Free Happy Homes. Helping your pets live their happiest, healthiest, fullest lives at home, at the vet, and everywhere in between. Visit them at fearfreehappyhomes.com. And thanks, Fear Free, for underwriting Animal Radio. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, it's Alan Cable with another dog tip. You're not going to believe what happened to me. I got bit by a dog yesterday in the park. Yeah. I'm just minding my own business, running. This lady's coming at me with two dogs, no leash. I run by, the dog sneaks up behind me, jumps up on my forearm, takes a nice chunk out of there. And she still doesn't put the dog on a leash. Joke's on the dog, though. He's going to get sick from me. I don't know what was up with this woman after the dog had his way with my arm. She still didn't put him on a leash. There were two of them, and just like a pack, one circled behind me to try to attack from there, while the bigger one confronted me in the front. Now, the woman was just yelling and screaming. Dogs are not paying any attention to her, because they're fraught with anxiety and fear. So what conclusions would you get from this? Well, first of all, the dogs are not socialized at all. They're not used to being around people. And when they get around people that they don't know, they become aggressive. They think that they have to protect their pack, which of course is the woman. Dogs like this should never be allowed off leash, especially in a park. It could have just as easily been a kid on a bicycle or a woman with a baby carriage. Now, it's not the dog's fault. It's the owner's fault. Please, if you're going to get a dog, it's your responsibility to educate yourself and find out what they need to be happy, well-adjusted animals and how to give it to them. It's only fair. You don't want to lock your dogs away from people because they're unpredictable and may bite. If you're thinking of getting a dog, write this down. Socialization, structure, exercise, and affection. These are the four basic needs that dogs have besides food. If you get a puppy, bring the dog around as many kids and people as possible. Other dogs, too. If you get an older dog, you should be doing the same thing unless that dog is filled with anxiety and fear like this woman's was. In that case, you're going to need 
some help from an experienced animal behaviorist who can show you how to socialize the dog. And it's going to take a little work, confidence, and patience on your part. But with a professional, a commitment from you, consistent, fair leadership, and time, most dogs can be socialized and changed into happy, calm, well-adjusted animals. Fido Friendly Magazine presents the 14th Annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66. Along with media sponsor Animal Radio, the tour travels down America's favorite highway, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. With the help of companion sponsor Zymox, the tour has helped place over 16,000 pets into new forever homes in the first 13 years. Cat food sponsor Cadet, grooming sponsor Hands On Gloves, hotels sponsor Kimpton, campground sponsor KOA, and advocate sponsor Barkworthy's are also part of the fun at each event. Companion sponsors Tito's Vodka for Dog People, Brutus Bone Broth, Earth Bath, and Zulu Tails go along for the ride as we bring our giant spinning wheel full of prizes to raise money for each shelter. Log on to FidoFriendly.com to find out where the tour may stop near you and come out for a safe and fun way to support animal adoption. And who knows, you might just find your new forever friend. Radio, celebrating our connection with our pets. Uh, we do have some email. Actually, we got email and Facebook posts. You can uh, go over and like us over at Facebook at Animal Radio. And we have a question on Facebook for Alan. And I'm going to pass it on to you, Alan, here. I'll read it, too. I have an American Pitbull Terrier. This is Kyra. No, this is Ashley. She, Ashley writes, I have an American Pitbull Terrier. <laughs> What's her name? What does she have? (laughs) Yeah, who? (laughs) Just shy of three years old, and she has extreme car anxiety. That is uh, the Pitbull Terrier, not Ashley. Uh, She loves to go out, but when she gets in the car, she starts panting, drooling, and pacing. She can't get comfortable. She goes on long trips. She needs to be given medicines like clonidine. Clonidine, is that how you say that? Still won't relax her. She's also tried the Thunder shirt, which helps a little, but she still has high anxiety. What can we do to help her? Alan. You know, that's a common problem, and it happens a lot. I'm going to write Ashley a detailed explanation. But in general, dogs make associations. So if something bad happens to a dog when they're in a certain circumstance or instance, they associate that with uh, unpleasant things. So you have to change the association from something unpleasant to pleasant. And the best way to start is to take the dog in the car when you're not going anywhere and just sit there mellow, don't talk, give the dog treats. And when the dog lays down and is very mellow, you reward the dog by petting the dog, saying, good dog. Oh, good dog. Give him a treat. You know, just like you do with Joey. You know, when Joey goes on a so, long car trip. So just the same thing, so, huh? Yeah. Wait a minute. Yeah. So when the dog, oh, I gotta, I gotta, I gotta elaborate on this. So when the yes. when you take yes. the dog in the car, is the car running? Are you driving, or are you just in the driveway sitting there? No, you take it in steps. You know, the first thing you do is you just sit in the driveway with the dog, and you do it for a couple of weeks till you notice the dog is calm and looks at the car as, hey, this is cool. I'm getting rewards. I'm getting pet. Then you start it up and sit there with the dog. You don't go anywhere. And as soon as the dog is mellow and associating the car with a good thing, you take the dog to a fun place. The first place you should go is someplace fun. Okay. Because then the dog starts to associate the car with good. So you take the dog to the dog park or for a walk or to play in the park, anywhere good. And you do that for about two, three weeks. And over time, with patience and persistence and you being calm, your dog will start to associate the car with great stuff instead of being afraid. 
That's how you do it. You know, you're right, because my wife did that, that with me. We used to sit in a driveway, and then she would take me somewhere to eat, and then we would go to Neiman Marcus, and then I realized, okay, now, you know what, I'm, I'm screwed now, but we were already there. Okay, so the trick is feed them first before you take them shopping. Okay, I got yes, it. That's yes, it. That, that's it. Yes, that's absolutely. It. Remember, there are several ways to get your questions to us. You can head on over to our Facebook page at Animal Radio, and you should head over there anyway and like us. We're giving away lots of great stuff. That's at Animal Radio. Or tweet us your questions at Animal Radio, or even through the uh, iPhone and Android app for Animal Radio. You should download that puppy so you can listen to the show and ask your questions at the same time. We have Pam for Dr. Debbie. Hi, Pam. How are you? I'm okay. What's going on? Okay. I rescued this kitten about a year. I haven't had her spaded yet. I don't know if she's coming in heat or what, but she cries. I mean, like maybe once or twice out of the month, she'll like this crying sound. And what is she doing when she's crying? Is she trying to track you down, trying to come closer to you? Is she no, back doors? She's, uh, I have four other cats, but they're all spaded. They've been spaded since they were real little. Mm-hmm. And um, she'll go up to them and lay down or rub up against them. And <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, just do all, you know, kinds of things. They love her. But, I mean, I don't know if she's trying to come in heat. I don't know if she's hurting. Okay, I'll tell you what, Pam. The simple truth, it sounds like your cat is just horning. (laughs) 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 It it really does. Um, So, kitties will... Last night, I brought a kitten from downstairs that hadn't been fixed. Up here. Well, he's. Why? Are you looking for trouble here? (laughs) No, I'm not, but I wanted to find out if she was really in heat. And... She got. She slapped him. She got mad at him. She hissed at him. Her hair stood up. That's love. <laughs> so I. <laughs> so I, you know, I told my manager just take him away because she was getting really violent. Yeah, well, I'll tell you what, for kittens or for cats, they can go into heat generally about six months. But, you know, I've seen some female cats go into heat as early as four or five months of age. But when they do go into heat, it's pretty obnoxious. Um, They'll definitely kind of meow, carry on. Um, A lot of times they'll take their backside and stick it towards uh, their favorite loved one, whether it's either a a person (laughs) or another animal. Um, and they'll stick their tail up really high, do a lot of rolling behavior. Now, and they'll they'll go in and out of heat, and that's the crazy thing with cats is that it just doesn't stop. Like a dog will go into heat twice a year generally, and you're done and over with it. With cats, you can count on this fun pretty much year round because they'll go into heat for a couple days, and then they'll go out for a couple weeks, and then it'll come back. So, um, so yeah, I, exactly. I'd say. Get that taken care of. and But my goodness, you, you tempt fate getting that boy around there. And, you know, the way that cats mate, when they're mating, they actually turn around and, and they fight. So, you know, there's a little bit of love there, but there's also a little bit of hate. Oh, <laughs> so. okay. Okay, because my daughter said, Mama, she's coming in heat too much if that's what she's doing. Yeah, you got to get it done. And not only for the, uh, for the for her to go out of heat, but... There's a lot of health issues. I know. A lot of she can avoid. What kind of cancers can she avoid, doctor? Well, the big thing in, in females it would be avoiding mammary cancer. That's the big one. So if we take away that um, that estrogen production, then we can decrease the the risk of breast cancer. But there's also the other, you know, 
pyometra, the uterine infection. And, you know, just that desire for her to sneak out that door um, when she's feeling especially amorous. So, uh, yeah. And, and, you know, you, you ask something, you know, is she in pain? We don't know. Um, it's certainly possible that cats could be having cramps. We don't know. So, um, you know, I guess you'd make the argument, heck, most women hate their periods. So, you know, why not <laughs> spare her that heartache there? If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. This is an Animal Radio News Update. I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. All right, this next story might make you eh, a little sick to your stomach. An East Texas meat manufacturing company will pay the U.S. Treasury about $400,000 because they mislabeled pet food that just so happened was eaten by prisoners. John Sewell's Foods had some problems with some beef trimming, so the manufacturer sold them to a meat broker, but they didn't change the label on it to pet food. Who said that prison food wasn't good? That raw meat was sold to the Federal Bureau of Prisons. No prisoners got sick eating the beef, but it did kick off a three-year investigation. Now, due to the settlement, the company didn't face criminal charges. John Sewell's Foods Incorporation is the leading fajita processing and marketing company in the U.S. Well, it looks like the USDA is closing down a Central California slaughterhouse. Now, this move was made due to a video which showed cows being mistreated during their slaughtering process. The USDA says the Central Valley Meat Company was shut down just a couple weeks ago. Video of the facility was posted on the Internet by this group, Compassion Over Killing. The video shows cows that are flailing in a wild fashion. They were dragged by one leg on a conveyor belt on the way to being slaughtered. The farm's based about 30 miles south of Fresno, and according to the activist group, it supplies meat to the National School Lunch Program. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Animal Radio. Not to be confused with Turtle Talk. And if you've been following the news closely, you might have seen in the last, oh, I guess it was a little over a month ago, Linux, a uh, 
a dog that I believe resembled a pit bull. I'm not sure if it actually was a pit bull. They were stating he was not, but he physically, I guess, looked, looked like, like one. This is over in the yeah. UK. Uh, I believe they ended up putting him to sleep because it is illegal to have that breed there. And in fact, that's one of those, uh, what do they call that, breed-specific legislation. We have that here in the United States, by the way. You go to Denver, oh, yeah. you can't have a pit bull in Denver. That well, is, this yeah. is what bothers me about that. What is a pit bull? Because it's not even a breed. I know. It's a slang term. It's a slang yeah. term. And I fought an insurance company for a client once and won over that because they said that the dog was a pit bull. And that's, you know, what's a pit bull? Explain it to me. What, what, do you, what do you consider a pit bull? And they could not answer the question. Well, the fact of the matter is, I mean, it really doesn't even matter if it's a pit bull. There are some uh, small dogs like dachshunds that are just as angry and can Vicious. do as much damage as uh, a pit bull. <sighs> and the reason the pit bulls get the attention is because they usually can do a lot of damage. The media, I'll tell you, the media sucks. Sometimes I'm ashamed to be a it part does. of the media. Yeah, you know what sucks, too? You know, a movie will come out, and it'll feature a Rottweiler or some really, really big dog, and, and the dog is cute in the movie, and then everybody runs out to buy one. And what happens is you get people that don't know what they're doing, and they mess the dog up, and then you have a lot of instances happen, and that That's dog right. gets labeled. Do you remember that several right. years ago when 101 Dalmatians came out, and everybody went and bought Dalmatian puppies? Oh, I remember that. That's the yeah. voice of Tammy. Yeah. Crew and she's yes. joining us. You are Hello. with a group called <laughs> Lennox's Law. And, and dachshunds, dachshunds to me are just as vicious as pits because they were bred to go in holes after badgers. That's what I'm saying. They bite more people than any other breed. Yes, they do. Well, now and tell us a little bit about Lennox's Law. I mean, not the law. The, this is a group. Okay. We are a group. We have over 6,400 members. Wow. We came together through tears and heartbreak and disbelief worldwide over what happened to Lennox. And we strive to educate people to make harsher punishment on animal cruelty. We try to get dogs out of doggy jail. We have uh, access to legal counsel. We have access to other groups, and we're all working for the, the same thing to end BSL because it just doesn't work. BSL being breed-specific legislation. What went right. on in the U.K.? I mean, what went wrong there? <laughs> they lied, <laughs> yeah. basically. Yeah. Uh, they got the wrong dog, and we believe that in their custody, something happened to the dog, and they had a big stinky cover-up over it. Correct me if I'm wrong. Wasn't this dog quarantined for one to two, two years? Two years. Two years in their custody. Right. Oh, and so you're saying there was a health problem, a health issue? They it wasn't. No, they just quarantined him, I mean, to keep him away from other people from because the they deemed him dangerous. But he was put yeah, to they, sleep. They he was euthanized. Is that correct? Well, that's what they say. I mean... They know what happened, and through some research and stuff, we honestly believe that the dog possibly died before then. Hmm. How the old? only ones that actually know are those people and the dog, and the dog can't speak for himself now. How yeah. old was Lennox? Lennox was just a few years old. I'm not exactly sure how old he was, but he was a special needs dog to a, a little girl. Wow. I mean... They didn't even give back the collar or anything, so that kind of throws up a red flag that something was horribly not right. Well, now, what's what's the deal? The laws there in the entire country there are that no, they're... No, just Northern Ireland. Northern Ireland. Right. It's not the whole place. Uh -huh. It's just Northern Ireland. And if your dog has certain size head or a certain body mass or certain whatever, then they deem it a pit bull and... 
no, you can't have it. Well, let's talk a little bit about what's happening here in the United States. I know Denver is one of the uh, locations that you can't have a pit bull. Do you know of any other states? Maryland just popped up with a deal in, I think it's Armistand County in Maryland. It hasn't gone into effect yet, and they're fighting it. But it just popped up that they're banning pit bulls and pit bull mixes there. Why is it they're so breed specific on this? They think that it's the dog causing the problems, and it's not the dog; it's irresponsible no. ownership. Yes. They need to it's ban the pet true. owners. They need to ban people who are bad pet owners, and I think not, they need to ban breeds. humans. If you want my honest there opinion, there you go. Well, oh boy, we're banning humans. <laughs> you know, it's funny though. In 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 this country, in the world, you know, you can basically you got to have a fishing license, but any maniac can buy a dog or have a child. Right, <laughs> and there's a lot of people that need to be spayed and neutered. I really believe that. I think so too. But let's let's be serious yeah. now. There's, let's get back to the subject <laughs> uh, because this is alarming that you know i've always thought and i think people will agree that uh, guns don't kill people people kill people and i think well, it's the same situation with guns yes. kill people how would anybody ever get out of a gun show alive that's what i'm mm-hmm. saying <laughs> it just doesn't make sense and to make a breed extinct is not going to cause the problem you're still going to have the problem it's just going to be another dog and it's That's still going right. to be people abusing and neglect. And if you can't afford to have a dog, don't get one. Well, it seems like we go through these cycles. This decade, it seems to be the pit bull. Last decade, yeah. what was the German Shepherd? German Shepherds, it's been Rottweilers, it's Doberman. been Dobermans. Dobermans. Yes. Yeah. So and we still can't ban stupid people, so go No, we can't. But I understand you're trying with your organization. What is it? How are you trying to uh, proliferate the message? Post and cross-post, we make petitions. We sign petitions, we send emails, we make phone calls to representatives. I mean, we do everything that we can think of in a positive manner to get the word out that what you're doing is not right and it's not going to solve anything. Get canine good citizen, get whatever you can for positive for the breed. And maybe, just maybe, you know, there's a slim chance that we can make a difference. Are there any other single particular dog cases that you're working on? Oh, there's, there's an ongoing list. I mean, I believe Diesel got out of of doggy jail, uh, but there's still Izzy and there's Kane and it goes on and on. And every day it's added to the list. I mean, there's been service dogs taken because the dog was protecting its owner and a drunk stumbled yeah, that's, into him yeah, and the dog, yeah. the dog you know, nipped him. Well, the, the dog's doing his job, but yet the dog's going to be right. punished. How do you become a member? Basically, go to our our Facebook page and send us a little message, and we'll we'll add you, and then we'll ask you, what do you do? How can you help? And we kind of go from there. Because okay. I believe everybody can do something. We have 6,400 members. Everybody can give something. Some people can give money. Some people can give time. Some people have special resources, access to legal counsel, access to whatever. Everybody can help to make this better. Can I just say, you know, to make this really powerful, you need to find a dog or two to put a face on it. You know, that you can bring around two pit bulls that just love people, that you can bring to the legislatures, that you can bring around kids. Bring that, to the media. I, you know? I mean, I have one that he goes in a big truck across country with my husband promoting positive pit bull awareness. And, yeah, some people are going to, you know, go to the other side of the, the four-lane divided highway to get away from him. But some people are going to ask, what is that? And you say pit bull, and they're like... Oh, wow. Well, he's so pretty. He's so friendly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And if you can change one mind, and then that person tells a friend, and it just kind of goes on from there. Okay. The website is Lennox's Law, or I guess that would, it's spelled like Lennox Law. 
Fried. Uh, which is a new feature over at Kentucky Fried Chicken. The LennoxLaw.com. <laughs> okay. we'll, we'll link to it from AnimalRadio.com. There's also a petition going around on the petition site. Is that correct? I believe so. Uh, we appreciate you taking time with us today. I know that uh, before we go, animal communicator Joy Turner is uh, waving up and down through Skype. What, what's going on, Joy? Lennox does say that he was gone before all of the big, big hoopla started. And he would be so incredibly honored to be able to help the other dogs that were like him because he thinks he was a really good boy and he thinks it's just a crime. And he really wants to remind people that dogs are the embodiment of unconditional love. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, this is Elaine Boozer on Animal Radio. Stay new to your pets and some of your exes. <laughs> <laughs> Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800-478-6084-800-478-6084-800-478-6084-800-478-6084-That's 800-478-6084 Check out Animal Radio highlights. All the good stuff without the blah, blah, blah. Browse on over to animalradio.pet. Animal Radio. Little Jimi Hendrix. He was a big animal lover. You knew of it, right? Oh, he yeah, had a he few had, cats. Yeah, I was going to say lots of and cats. And a turtle. I think he had a rogue turtle. Did he? Yeah. <laughs> There's a lot of those going around. <laughs> Hi, Darlene. How are you? I have a three-year-old Pomeranian who constantly digs at his front paws. I mean, for hours on end. Wow. Okay. And um, is he bothering any other parts of his body or just on his feet? Just on his feet. I've changed his diet. Um, they put him on prednisone for a little while. It didn't seem to help. Mm-hmm. Um, I changed to the uh, natural balance food. It's just for hours on end. He keeps me up all through the night. He's just, he's miserable. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Now, does he have hair loss there or any kind of color change? Nope. Anything, nothing like that? Just He's just chewing nope. away at those feet. Yeah. Okay. Well, I mean, I like some of the approaches that you started because when we see a doggy that is chewing their feet, uh, front feet, back feet, it, it tends to be a really um, a focus area where we can kind of call that a symptom of allergies. The, the tough thing is that there's a lot of things that can also look like allergies. For me, um, I always have to kind of take some samples, look at those feet area because it's very common in the feet. We can miss some other things that can go along with that. And it does bother me if the prednisone, a steroid, did not help with your pet 
that's comfort, we might be barking down the wrong tree, if you will. Um, so I want to make sure that we get some good um, eyeballs and uh, evaluation of those feet areas. Some things we look for will be mites, yeast infections, um, or bacterial infections in there. Now, um, so, two months so that's ago, going to be two months ago. They treated them for a yeast infection, and that went away. And okay. the, the, the biting has not. Well, I mean, and that's that's definitely good. Um, but then that kind of bothers me because if his yeast has gone away and he's still showing those symptoms, um, you know, yep. we may have some underlying allergies there. So some okay. some thoughts that I would kind of share with you as far as with diets and just simply changing the diet isn't always enough. What we oh, need to do is okay. get very strict and go into more of a hypoallergenic diet. And there's some really good ones that your veterinarian can recommend. But even if you're not inclined to go that route, we can do some home-cooked hypoallergenic diets. And um, I have some local dermatologists that work with us, and sometimes they'll put a pet on a sweet potato pin- pinto bean diet and just feed that and exclusively that. And if the symptoms go away, then we have a strong index of suspicion that we've got a food allergy. And then we can try to find something yeah. on it for a more long-term strategy. Um, but just changing to another brand isn't always the same because there's a lot of common ingredients in dog foods, whether they be proteins like chicken or beef, or there's something like a corn or a grain. Some things I would encourage you to see your veterinarian for would be if your pet's not already on an omega fatty acid supplement. I would do that, and that's an oral, um, usually a liquid or a gel cap. One other thing that can help pets with bad skin disease, whether it's allergies or chronic infections, is something, it's a type of a spot-on, and it's called a ceramide spot-on. And it's basically a product that you apply to the skin, and it helps to restore the normal fats or lipids that are in the skin. When you change your food to find out if it is an allergy, how long do you have to give that food? Just a couple days or a week? No, that's a good question, Judy. You have to do that for at least 6 to 12 weeks. So it isn't something that can you can tell right away. The other thing is while you're doing that, and if you're, if you're doing a really strict hypoallergenic diet, you got to make sure there's no table food, there's no treats, and even flavored medications can interfere with that. So you can't do those kind of things, too. Wow. Good luck with that, Darlene. And if you need a follow-up, we can do it for you. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Vinny Penn coming at you on Animal Radio, your resident party animal. I want to dedicate uh, this episode of this installment, rather, of Party Animal to uh, my beloved dog, Cruiser. Uh, Cruiser was a mini schnauzer uh, that uh, was in our family for a dozen years. Uh, Still can't even think about him uh, without getting a little bit sad. And I'll tell you, I got family members, human family members who've passed away who I think about and don't feel really anything. But Cruiser still makes me sad. And uh, the other day, a friend of mine uh, had to put his dog to sleep, um, and it was very difficult for him. And we were at the bar having a couple of drinks, a bunch of people sitting around the bar. And I told him that I knew where he was coming from. I was trying to empathize. I told him how difficult it was when we lost Cruiser. All of a sudden, people start chiming in with their dog death stories. And it got me to thinking, why why are dog owners and cat owners and, and, and pet owners in general competitive with death stories? One complete stranger said, you guys think you have it tough. I had to kill my dog myself, shoot him in the backyard. Now, one, I don't know, 
this guy might be in the witness protection program for all I, you know for, for all I know. Uh, why he would admit that is beyond me. But I've noticed that dog owners, in particular, even more than cat owners, they are competitive with death stories. They could hear you give it. This has happened for years. The biggest sigh. Oh, I remember the morning I got the phone call that we had lost Cruiser. Cruiser, of course, was in the, uh, the hospital for a few days in the end. It was a devastate. I had to go and tell the rest of my family. Whenever people over here that they're like, oh, that's awfully sad. It's got to be difficult. You know. I ran over my dog in the driveway with my own car. What? Why are you competing with my dog's death story? Why do people do that when it comes to their pets? You're you're not going to top it. Well, maybe the guy who ran his over in his driveway, maybe that tops it. Vinny Penn, party animal. Although, not really a party installment. Animal Radio. Need a fix of the good stuff? Get more Animal Radio with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. Hi, everybody. This is Lori Morgan reminding you to please spay or neuter your pets. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed, and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-696-2871-800-696-2871-800-696-2871. That's 800-696-2871. Celebrating our connection with our pets, this is Animal Radio. Here are your hosts, Al Abrams and Judy Francis. And welcome, my friend. Grab your pet, bring them around the radio. Actually, I have two shows going on. One that only humans can hear and one that just your dog can hear. And uh, Lady Bug, the studio stunt dog, is actually the host of that. <laughs> you notice your animals are acting real strange around animal radio. That's why. Dr. Debbie's answering your vet medical questions. Dog trainer Alan Cable with your most vexing dog issues. Dog father Joey Volani. And animal communicator Joy Turner. That siren in the background, that's the uh, civil defense siren. Is that correct, Judy? Yes, it is. Should we be leaving the studio? (laughs) Have we been bombed? (laughs) Tell everyone else to leave while we stay here. Okay. Okay, there there you go. Uh, Let's see. Your voice at animalradio.com is the email address, or you can catch us over at uh, Facebook at Animal Radio with your questions. We're all here. In fact, we have a bunch of questions today for uh, Alan from Facebook. I guess they don't want to talk to you in person. I don't blame them. I don't know. What'd you do? <laughs> it's just the way I look. I look like a two by four. Well, you know, Kevin Jonas has his own kids. They're experimenting with puppies. That's how they're learning all about their parenting styles. I'll tell you more coming up on Animal Radio News. Well, I know how you are, Joy. You you and me, we, 
we don't like kids. The human kind. I'm not child friendly. I'm just like, you know what? Don't don't take it the wrong way. I'm a good guy. I'm just not child friendly. You're I not child friendly. Children. No. He doesn't I like know children. How to they, I don't even like it when they belong to someone else. You know what I said? I just, you know, keep the kids away. I agree with you. You know, if you want to have children, have a dog instead. It's much more rewarding. <laughs> Correct. Uh, and cheaper. <laughs> Joey's parents rented his room out when he went away one day. <laughs> when he went to school, yeah, they moved and left form. no forwarding address. Aww. See how you are? That's sad. <laughs> Listen, That's I have sad. an Italian mother. I'm always welcome back, okay? Oh, yeah. Oh, are you kidding? You're so lucky. You're lucky to get out. Exactly. Oh, I mean, you go you go for Sunday dinner every week? Yeah, she's 80. I'm yeah. going tomorrow. She's going soft shell crabs yeah. tomorrow. Um, yeah, meatballs, macaroni. Meatballs actually, and soft shell crabs. Yeah, she's actually out here in um. California visiting, so. Oh, my gosh. She's working on the sauce right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah I'm sure she is. I wish I knew who my mom was. <laughs> <laughs> Would you believe that this is our 666th, 666th show? It makes us sound old. It does make us sound old. And would you believe it is the first show in 30 weeks that does not feature a celebrity guest? No one wanted to oh come on gosh. six no six. No one wanted to do that. No. Holy moly! Okay, well, hopefully we'll have someone on six sixty seven. Hopefully, just around the corner there. Uh, Doctor Debbie, I understand. Well, this week we the, the big buzz has been about this rogue turtle. We've been talking about this a little earlier. What what's the deal? Yeah, so I was intrigued by the story. This is this is a story about Zeke, who is a box turtle, thirty one year old box turtle that was a beloved pet that went rogue and basically ran away from home with a little help from the household cat. Um, the kitty somehow left a door open. Oops, oops, turtle got lost. And uh, gotta wonder what that cat was thinking yeah, there. Yeah, I was but, wondering. Yeah. But yeah, so his family is searching for him. It's been several weeks, and they're searching high and low, trying to find this guy. Um, devoted a little pet, and uh, they're really looking all over, turning over every uh, stone and uh, grass, <laughs> blade of grass, as you How will. How far could he have gotten? Really, it's a turtle. Well, they, they don't move very fast, and they usually have a very close home environment. Um, but since he's been missing for so long, um, there's definitely concern. Now, you can identify turtles, and in fact, in the desert, um, here with desert tortoises, if we keep them, we actually can put a phone number and epoxy it to their shell as an identification source, but somebody's got to find it, and that's the thing. So they're trying to get the word out for this guy. To, don't they burrow uh, under the ground? They can, yeah. So they definitely can uh, seek um, into mud when it's really warm. Warm, so they'll do that to stay cool. And they these guys basically live under leaf cover. So, you know, they'll be kind of in the forest and oh. they'll find out little spots to hide. So it could be quite challenging to track down Mr. Zeke here. What's well, it use would... a different word besides rogue, though. It makes it sound like he's trying to take over the government. <laughs> he does. It really does. <laughs> well, the interesting thing is they've actually enlisted a reptile-sniffing dog to try to track Zeke down. Wow. Oh, that's smart. Just like the dogs that detect um, um, bed bugs. And there are animals that are trained to kind of detect uh, amphibians and uh, other reptiles. And uh, they kind of track down an area where Zeke may have been, but they can't quite find him. What city is this in? This is near Boston. Okay. So if you're in Boston, Maybe. keep your eyes out. Yes, yes, I'm sorry. What about foul play? Do they suspect the cat, cat. might be involved yeah. in foul play? <laughs> I think you got to wonder. If there's a kitty that's sliding a door open to get the other household pets out, there's there's a story there. Mm. When you said you wanted to talk about the rogue turtle, I thought you were talking about this turtle that, uh, what was the deal? Someone uh, duct taped helium balloons to him. 
Yes, yeah, so he put balloons and let him go, and I guess he the finally cat. came down. The cat did it. Yeah, he finally came down on <laughs> some trees. <laughs> So they, they rescued that turtle. They finally yes, got that turtle did. back. Yes, the humane, I believe he's with the Humane Society. I'm, I don't know what city that was in. <laughs> you know, I got a, I got, I had a, I just had an, a turtle encounter. Well, I shouldn't say just, and it was the most menacing thing that I've ever encountered in my life. It was in the You're road. Grooming a turtle? Oh, in the road? No, 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 no. There was a turtle in the road. Oh wow! And um, it, it was it was big, and we wanted to get him out of the road. So we get out, and the thing was so menacing. It was trying to attack us, and as we turned, it would turn towards us, and it stunk like you couldn't imagine. So I went in the car to get a <laughs> two-by-four. I had one because I was trying to push it out of the road. And what it would do, it would pull its legs in on the side where you oh, put the two-by-four to put all its weight down so you couldn't move them. And as we kept turning, it kept turning, trying to... Eventually, we got it off the road. And let me tell you something about a turtle when it gets on its back. <laughs> this wasn't defenseless at all. We would flip... It would flip itself right over. And, it, I mean, it was men, it was menacing more than any pit bull I've ever groomed. I like well, how you... got it off the road. I like how you carry a two-by-four in your car. Yeah, that's, that's you, important. Like Listen, an important it's tool. just for repairs. That's all. Yeah. For repairing heads. Why didn't you groom it if it smelled? That's all I'm saying. So why did you, this thing was so scary? <laughs> I, you know what? I don't know. I don't. But we tried to help it across the road, and it was it was myself and a friend of mine, and it was one of the funniest things that ever happened because I could not believe that this thing was like attacking. It was taking bites out of the wood. It was it was unbelievable. This, this is a new spinoff show. Welcome to Turtle Talk with Joey. <laughs> Your question, please. How, how do we get on this topic? Seems to be a lot of turtle talk on today's animal radio. <laughs> uh, oh, Stacy, talk turtle to me. Looks like the pet population is starting to decrease, and you know why? Why? Baby boomers. Oh. I'll tell you more about that coming up. Let's hit the phones. Hi, Kathy. Hi. How are you? Oh, fine. Where are you calling from today? Um, Tennessee. Tennessee. What kind of weather are you having? You, you having bad weather now? Uh, well, um, not, oh, not today, but yeah, a couple days ago, I lost power. Yeah. Oh, um, nice. but see, I'm getting married and I moved, I took my cat for the first time. She's six years old, so the first time out of her own environment and Aww. brought her over to my fiance's house. And she won't come out from under the bed. And, and does he have any pets at his place? No, not at all. It's, it's, it's a new house. It's only a couple years old. No pets previous. But, um, no, I don't know. I don't understand. Um, I don't know why she won't come out. She'll come out to eat, of course. And I keep moving her bowl and you know, her water and food a little bit further out of the hallway, um, you know, so that she'll come out a little bit further. But, um, yeah, and... And kitties are, are definitely different than, than dogs when it comes to some of these, you know, new environments when we're changing their yeah. world. We're basically turning everything upside down. So what she's doing isn't unusual for many cats, especially those that are a little bit more um, introverted, a little bit more passive. Um, oh, yeah. They are actually... A cat. Oh, for sure. <laughs> Yeah. A cat like yeah. her needs to get comfortable in her immediate surroundings. So I wouldn't necessarily expand her world too fast. Um, yeah. We want to watch her behavior. If she's seeming calm and relaxed in that one room, then I'd kind of keep that one room her world until she seems more relaxed about getting around that. And then we start to you know offer her um, her resources at different locations. But it really it'll depend on cats. I've had one of my own cats move to a new, par- new apartment. And he was jumping all over the place investigating. It was it was just like a free for all. And then the other one was kind of hiding in the back bathroom. So yeah, you, you have to kind of the bed. She feels safe. And but and I. 
I know her. I mean, even in my own house, I mean, you know, when I'm not here, she'll cry from across the house just to find me, and I'll say, Mommy's in the bathroom, and she'll come she'll find my voice. <laughs> yeah. Well, and then we need to use you and the food as that positive reward. So, you know, when we want to get her out and we want to get her more interactive and investigational in the area, you know, we have food, and we don't necessarily want to leave the food out. We want to bring it out to help get her more um, interactive. So you come into the room, you bring in that yummy canned food, you set it down, and you, you call your kitty out. And, you know, hopefully with time... That relaxation will come out more, um, but really, it's got to be a positive association. We want—we don't want anything to frighten her, scary. Try to control that environment as much as possible. And with time, um, she'll come around. Um, yeah, also, does. this is—I'm always a big fan on things like those uh, kitty pheromones, the scent hormones, something like this. Um, a situation where we just have some anxiety. We want to kind of help her through that. Um, I'm a big fan of getting the plugins or the spray um, pheromones that you can just kind of used to help relax her in a natural way um, oh. and then controlling that environment as much as possible pull out those favorite toys that she has uh, to make her um, a little bit more comfortable when you're around I or know. when your fiance is around the one. she only has one favorite toy but i forgot to bring because i was the power went out and i had to kind of rush i had to bring all my freezer food over here because you know he had power Listen, you know, the main question I have, um, we'd like to get another cat. Now, okay. I, what I'd like to know is what's more compatible, a, a male or female? Cats are very different than dogs. So some of the generalization we'll have with dog combinations are very different. Cats, there is no blanket answer for that. So we don't necessarily have a, a male-female combination we recommend or even an age combination. For me, I match the personality. And what you're describing is a kitty who, if we get the wrong cat, we could have a very bad match. So what I would suggest is we'd be looking for a kitty that's got somewhat a similar personality, a little bit laid back. So getting a seven-week-old kitten that's high energy jumping all over the place may not be the best match, whether it's a male or a female. So we might look for a slightly older kitty. Um, you know, a young juvenile might be a good combination. And as long as the kitty's spayed or neutered, I'm fine male-female either which way. Her hiding is one way that she is demonstrating that she's not really happy with the situation yet. So we got to let her get to that happy point before we bring in another personality. If you're living with diabetes and using insulin, you know the pain of pricking your fingers over and over again. Ouch! Well, by wearing a small remote device called a continuous glucose monitor, or CGM, you can reduce the pain of pricking your fingers. If you administer insulin three or more times per day or use an insulin pump, call now and learn how a CGM can help you. Painless. No more pricking my finger. No finger pricks. Convenience. They delivered it free and they took care of all the paperwork. You can reduce pain right away. Plus, it's accurate, easy to use, and helps you spend more time in range. And if you have insurance, you can get a new CGM at little or no out-of-pocket cost. Call now and get free shipping of your new CGM. Plus, we'll bill your insurance for you. 800-785-1673. 800-785-1673. That's 800-785-1673. You found us, Animal Radio, my friend. Show number 666. We are all very beastly here. 
So it works out just fine. <laughs> Seems like we'll be doing this for a while. No celebs on the show today. In just a few minutes, we'll be talking to a guy from Pacific Pet Transports. Pacific Pets Transports. He transports all kinds of weird animals. You just took that flight and it seemed like there was a baboon sitting next to you. Could be. Could have been. Could have been. And uh, we'll find out more with him in just a few minutes right here on Animal Radio. Let's uh, hit the phones with Cheryl. Hey, Cheryl, how are you doing? I'm good. How are you? Good. What's going on in your world? Well, I have a five-year-old mixed-breed dog who's part shepherd, and she is having issues with bladder stones. About oh, four boy. months ago, we had one removed, and she has another. Okay. Did you have the stone analyzed? Do we know what it was made out of? No, we did not do that one. We will on this one. I still have that stone, actually. Oh, well, excellent. You take that to your veterinarian and send that out. Um, The reason is because it's so important that we know what these stones are made of. Um, Some stones we can prevent with diet. Um, Some breeds are kind of predisposed to certain variety of stones. There's calcium-based stone, phosphorus, silica, urate. Oh, my gosh, there's so many. In German shepherds, I would first think of a silica-based stone. It's it's one that this type of breed is just prone to. And so that's where that test is going to be so important to have that analyzed. If it is, um, it can be a very challenging stone to prevent, but some steps that we'll do are to move to diets that are very low in vegetable matter. Um, silica is very rich in things like uh, uh, different types of corn holes, rice holes, soybeans, anything basically that kind of grows out of the ground. Even potatoes can have silica. So for pets that have this particular type of stone, we'll go to more of a um, no-grain diet. Um, but the big thing is if anything is reoccurring, we got to make some steps and do some dietary changes to try to help out. And then the other things going along with that, any type of bladder stone, the ways we can help a pet to expel those crystals and the microscopic forms of those stones is to make sure they're producing lots and lots of urine. And the way we do that is we encourage them to drink, but you know, you can't always force it down. But we can add things like a little bit of salt to the food, and that increases their thirst, and that'll increase the, the urine output. The other thing would be just a simple way to do that is canned foods have a higher moisture content. So whatever diet your veterinarian says is going to be the appropriate one for your baby, um, the canned varieties are definitely going to be the better way to go to just try to pr- create lots of urine. And that way, we help to kind of basically flush the system naturally and try to get those crystals out before they build up into a stone. Um, but there are there's a lot of other things that we have to look at. So really, the first thing I'd say is get that stone tested and then find out if we've got infection going on. Because there's um, some stones that will be triggered by um, a low-grade infection in the bladder. And we've just got to get more info to, to better tackle this for the future. Okay. Thank you. Okay. Well, good luck with that, Cheryl. And give your baby a pat on the head. This is Dr. Debbie. We're all here waiting for your calls on behavior, medical care, um, or just a baloney with us (laughs) give us a call remember you could email us your questions or send them to us via facebook Uh, this one just came into your voice at animalradio.com for alan Uh, jim thornton writes longtime listener first time emailer i have a three-year-old min pin and my daughter just brought home a kitten rowdy that's my dog is stalking the kitty now i'm afraid the kitten might become a scooby snack 
Any ideas? Well, my idea, real real quick, is to get a child gate and raise it about six, seven inches above the floor so that the kitten always has a place to go and escape to. And then just let the kitten be introduced to the dog slowly. If the dog can't be around the kitten, make sure the kitten has a lot of places that she can escape to. And also put the litter box where the kitten can go and, and undisturbed because if she's traumatized, she won't be able to go to the bathroom. So you got to introduce the dog to the kitten slowly. And, of course, you got to be a pack leader. you got to be in control. And when the dog exhibits behavior that you don't like that's aggressive towards the kitten, you have to reprimand him with a correction. And when the dog starts laying down and being mellow around the kitten you reward the dog so you teach the dog the behaviors you want by giving your dog affection that's how you teach a dog what's right and appropriate and what you'll put up with as a pack leader so just remember get the child gate so the kitten has a place to go and bring the dog slowly around the cat maybe start about six seven feet away just stand there and over time bring the dog closer and closer and closer until the dog is just mellow and desensitized and understands that the the kitten is a, a member of the pack and and uh, you know, subordinate, but still a member of the pack, and is not going anywhere. Mm. That's that's how I would do it. It takes time. It's always persistence, time, and you have to be patient to teach dogs anything. Nothing works overnight. You got to take your time. Mm. Okay. Uh, hopefully, it'll be like the picture over at uh, Doctor Debbie's website. You know, the dog and the kitten hanging out, cuddled up oh, eventually. That adorable. Yeah, it's so adorable. You're listening to Animal Radio. Call the Dream Team now with the free Animal Radio app for iPhone and Android. This is Animal Radio. Dogs or cats, horse or emu, animals are people too. Six months after adopting their dog, a Michigan couple noticed that their chocolate lab Remington didn't seem to be as playful. Kelly and Scott Cornelise said their usually active dog didn't seem to want to play or even move. Scott noticed what he thought might be a lump, possibly a broken rib, and brought Remington to the vet. Imagine their surprise when an x-ray showed an eight-and-a-half-inch aluminum arrow shaft lodged in Remington's chest. The arrow, which might have been there for some time, had entered just under his armpit, just missing his heart. Scott and Kelly couldn't afford the operation, but their vet, Dr. Stephen Hardin, donated his services for the unusual case and removed the arrow. Remington is now on his way to recovery, thanks to their vet with a big heart. I'm Britt Savage for Animal Radio. Animals are people too. Animal Radio. Do you have a home that you don't want anymore? We can buy it from you within 24 hours, any home, size, or condition. For over 20 years, we've been buying homes for cash and helping homeowners sell their homes immediately with no listings or strangers walking through your home. Are you moving? Did you lose your job? Going through a divorce? Whatever the reason, if you're in a bind and you know that you need to sell your house fast, call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. We'll make you a serious cash offer to buy your home in 24 hours and let let you walk away from it. No listing, no waiting. Sell any home, any size, any condition now. Call the expert team at I Need to Sell My House Fast. Make this free call now. 800-478-6084. 800-478-6084. That's 800-478-6084. This is an Animal Radio News Update. 
I'm Stacy Cohen for Animal Radio. Well, looks like baby boomers are giving up on pets. While we've heard a lot about people abandoning animals because they couldn't afford them any longer, it's more likely the decline in ownership is now due to people choosing not to bring a new pet into their household after the old pets have passed away. Steven Zykowski, he's a science advisor to the ASPCA, he said that the aging baby boomer population could be part of the reason why fewer pets are in homes. He said we do know the economy has played a role, but as baby boomers have aged, they've become non-pet owners. Even though, you know, there are a lot of studies out there that show how good pets are for older people, we don't see it happening. When the kids leave home, people tend not to have pets. He added that foreclosures have also played a big role in the decrease in pet ownership. When there are foreclosures and people move, sometimes the pets just can't go with them. And in many cases, people are forced to downsize to an apartment and they don't always allow pets. Also paying vet bills, that's a big part of the burden of owning a pet. And the cost of vet care is on the rise. A Maui pilot has pleaded guilty to loading deer onto helicopters and then flying them from Maui and the Big Island, offering a glimpse into an alleged scheme by hunters to move deer and sheep between the Hawaiian Islands so they can establish some new game populations for their sport. Neither Axis deer nor mouflon sheep, the specific animals involved, are native to Hawaii, and they don't have natural predators here. Their presence has damaged fragile native ecosystems and farms on the islands where they've become established. The alleged animal smugglers took Axis deer from Maui to the Big Island and then they dropped them off so they could roam. Well, officials say they took Big Island sheep to a Maui hunting ranch, but apparently they didn't release them to the wild. Um, Axis deer are native to India and they don't have natural predators in Hawaii. So guess what's happened? The population has exploded on the islands where they've become established. A Maui County survey estimated that the animals caused a million dollars in damage for farmers, ranchers and resorts just in the past two years. I'm Stacy Cohen. Get more animal breaking news at AnimalRadio.com. This has been an Animal Radio News Update. Get more at AnimalRadio.com. She wants to ask about transporting her pet, her bird? Yeah, she's trying to find somebody to transport, I guess, a large bird. Put her on hold. Put okay. her on hold, because I think this next guest might be able to help us out. We welcome okay. to the airwaves, James Nelligan. Is it Nelligan? Yes, it's Nelligan. I usually screw up names, so I'm really actually... Pat me on the back there, Julie. Very good. Thank one you very now. much. You did well. You did well. You have a uh, program. It's a web-based TV program, a reality show called Pacific Pet Transport. Is that correct? No, that is my company, Pacific Pet Transport. My show is called Animal Movers. Animal Movers, okay. And so what do you web, do? You trans- AnimalMovers.tv is An- our web-based show. Okay. Based I'll- on Pacific Pet Transport. Okay, well, tell us a little bit about Pacific Pet Transport, because i, I got to be honest with you. I've seen these companies come and go, uh, like Pet Airways. We thought that was going to be big. Uh, went belly up. These are companies that are... Uh, uh, they move your animals across the country. Now, you have... How long your, has your company been around? I've been in business almost 11 years now, Good. and uh, no, we're a service that we work with the commercial airlines, you know, private charters. I mean, our, our clientele go from Hollywood A-listers to the corporate executive moving overseas to, you know, the family moving across country. 
uh, say the majority of our business is international, um, but we do also do domestic moves. And uh, you name type of the breed, type of animal, we've done it. Now, you must have some unusual transports <laughs> to make a TV show, I imagine. Yes, uh, we've been, you know, there's been a lot of production companies that have followed us around the years. Uh, my One of my good friends is our producer, uh, and he actually coached my one son in football and was like, what do you do for a living? And I'm like, I ship animals. And he's like, you know, I've been in Hollywood a long time. I'm like, can I, can I just film you guys and do a documentary? And then that turned into a web-based show because, uh, as, as I tell everyone, every day is a different day. You don't know what you're going to expect, what type of animal, and all the challenges that, uh, that come across when uh, you do try to move, especially every country has a different requirement. Well, tell us so, some of the strange stories. Well, let's see. I've, I've, moved, uh, I've moved a farm where you had horses, goats, pigs, wow. and then the dogs, chickens. Um, the rarest animal I've moved is, is a Sumatran rhino from the LA Zoo back to Indonesia to uh, preserve, so they could, uh, you know, choose so they could, he could procreate with other uh, wow. Sumatran rhinos. And uh, the good news is, is he's uh, so, so far so good. I think uh, I think uh, a female is pregnant, which is great because I think there's only about 200 or 300 left in the world. That's good. But how do you um, how do you move one of those? I mean, you can't dangerous just dangerous move ever done is uh, monocled cobras. For uh, Jewel Sylvester, you probably have seen him on uh, the Tonight Show. He's done snakes on the plane, so I've shipped his poisonous snakes. Uh, this is actually, one of them was uh, some cobras for the, uh, the scene in Casino Royale, where you see those cobras. So we, we've moved those, but a lot of animals that are in movies uh, that you see, we've moved them. Baboons for Rock of Ages, for example. Uh, the new Smurfs. We just shipped uh, the mallard ducks and the cats for that. A lot of animal, like a lot of commercials for like Purina, things yeah. like that. So uh, it's uh, it's it's never a dull moment for sure. Yeah, how do you move a rhino? You don't just book a flight on United, <laughs> I assume. It's uh... no, actually we used um, you know KLM. They have a uh, you know, they fly into Jakarta, but uh, they have a combi which is uh, you know half cargo, half 747. So you know you're sitting on that aircraft on the 747, and you get back to the galley, you know the kitchen area, and then you see a door. Well, that door behind there could hold racehorses, and it could hold anything, you know, large oh. animals. And so it was a pretty large crate. You know, the crate must have weighed about 500 pounds, and the rhino itself weighed a couple hundred oh pounds. And the amount of food that you have that the rhino will eat along the flight was incredible. I mean, he we had about two pallets worth of food, and he ate all of that throughout the wow. journey. So have you ever lost anyone? Has anyone ever escaped? Yeah. Has anything gone uh, wrong? We've had a uh, maybe. We've, uh, when I first started, we had one escape, and knock on wood, luckily we found the cat. Uh, but we're and that was when I was first starting out, and where airlines were not as strict on certain types of travel crates. It was an open top crate, and um, so the cat escaped. And luckily, they they found the cat, and uh, it, 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 it was it was a big time executive, and luckily she was cool, and uh, I was able to get her two first class tickets uh, with the airline because of that and uh it wasn't actually our fault it was the airline that uh you know misplaced wanted to check out the cat and we said don't do that but the long story short is that we we you know make sure that there's certain travel crates that we use to ensure that there's no escapes but uh we've not had any mortalities um we've weathered the storm with the uh, you know the pet airways that are trying to attract these pet only airlines um but again you know we're we're consultants for uh Lufthansa and klm and a lot of government agencies and uh you know hollywood especially the production companies when it's time to move animals. What's so, the craziest uh, thing that Hollywood has asked you to do? Well, the hardest was those baboons for Rock of Ages because, uh, you know, they think that they can just, they can, the, the baboons can fit, you know, uh, in the belly of the aircraft. Well, these baboons are pretty big, and, you know, certain aircraft have certain, you know, cargo door dimensions. And so it was a real challenge because uh, they told us one thing, and then when we got to the airport, the crates were about 
six inches taller. So we had to rearrange, had to get cargo moved off other flights, you know, and uh, it, it's just crazy. But, uh, you know, I think the, the most challenging are the A-listers that, you know, are the rock stars that we move that are going on tour and want their animals to be in, like, you know, all 17 different countries. And I have to explain to their managers that, you know, every country has a different requirement. Can you tell us who has what? What rock star has what animal? Or you got to keep that quiet? Well, no, actually, uh, I'm, I, I do a lot of work for Alanis Morissette. And she, uh, you know, we, we've <laughs> moved her, her chihuahuas around uh, South America and Europe. Um, she's a really cool gal. I must say one of my favorite clients. Uh, another one, uh, one of my clients is Orlando Bloom. I shipped his dog. Gosh, when he was doing the Pirates of the Caribbean, I shipped his dog into the Bahamas and then into Dominica, which was really a challenge because they usually don't allow um, dogs from the mainland America because of rabies. Um, but we were just because of who he was and who we were and the connections we had, we were able to do so. Wow. Kate Bosworth, another one, when she did Superman, we sent her dog down, Lila, down to uh, Sydney. And then there was 30 days quarantine, and so we had to explain to her that her dog will have to do the quarantine but she was going to be there for almost a year so it is what it is but she ended up doing so but um it's a real challenge i'd say the hardest animals to move are birds are the hardest because of uh disease and such a lot of permits that are required especially due to um being in a lot of birds are endangered species so So, uh, and you know due to the black market and such that you know we have to make sure that certain permits are in order united states is very strict birds that enter the united states have to do a mandatory 30-day quarantine how did you get started in this? How did you even How did you even decide to do this for a living? Yeah, it was kind of like a, a chance thing. I was uh, shipping. I was in freight boarding, shipping uh, freight. I actually used to ship surfboards. I was in the surf industry for a long time since I live in L.A. I noticed one time I was at the airport and I saw these dogs. I grew up with animals. My mom's an artist. She did pet portraits, so I was always around animals, an animal lover. And I noticed that these poor dogs looked dehydrated and such, and I looked, and there was no water dishes in a crate, and I looked at who was actually shipping them, and they're no longer in business, of course, but I was like, you know, I could do this a lot better, and, uh, you know, and so I just left the general freight business and went into the specialized thing of animals and just really hustled hard. It was just me. I was a one-man show. I mean, I would take my child in and put him in a car seat so I'd go carpool lane to get from point A to point B quicker, <laughs> and then... Things just started building up, and the reputation started building up. And um, before you know it, I started hiring. I actually hired my friends because uh, since we're dealing with people's kids, I wanted to work with people that I could trust and who were also animal lovers. And it just yeah, there's down, no... and here we are, you know, and now we got a web-based show, and we're moving, you know, we average about 10 to 15 shipments a day all over the world. We are with James Nelligan. He is the owner of Pet Pacific Pet Transport. And in just a couple of seconds, can you stick around just for a couple of minutes here? We're going to take a quick break. We have a listener who wants to ask you a question. No problem. It's Animal Radio. How'd you like to eliminate your expensive cable bill forever or get new satellite internet where cable can't go? Well, now you can have affordable satellite internet service for a few dollars a day. All you need is a mini satellite installed, and you can have unlimited internet connections wirelessly in your home or office. And no cable boxes means unlimited connections and no clutter. You can surf the internet or stream any of your favorite television services with no cable. And the best part is, satellite internet service costs only a few dollars a day for your entire home. Yes, fast internet to surf or stream television for a few bucks a day. Call now for free details and learn how to drop your expensive cable bill. 800-696-2871. 800-696-2871. 
800-696-2871. That's 800-696-2871. This is Greg Biffle on Animal Radio, and remember to spade and neuter your pets. Fido-friendly magazine, along with media sponsor Animal Radio, presents the 14th Annual Cross-Country Pet Adoption Tour. Get your licks on Route 66. The tour travels down America's favorite highway, stopping at shelters along the way to support adoption events. Log on to FidoFriendly.com to find out where the tour may stop near you and come out for a safe and fun way to support animal adoption. And who knows, you might just find your new forever friend. Radio. We are with James Nelligan. He is the owner of Pacific Pet Transports. As a web-only TV show, AnimalMovers.tv. Hopefully it'll be on a TV set near you real soon. And I believe we have BJ. She has a question for you there, James. Hi, how are you? Good, what's up? I'm calling, I'm calling because I have a blue and gold macaw. And yes. she's, 20 years old. she's 20 years old. He's 20 years old. And I'm leaving California, moving into St. Louis. And I've been having the hardest time of the flights and the money. The one I got for $2,000, you have to have shots, uh, fire of going, and stuff like that. But I can only deal with like $800. Have you, have you talked to the, the carriers yourself? Because when you're going state to state, you don't have the same requirements as international. Um, and you have a macaw, you said, correct? Yes. And it, macaws need to be, you know, in a larger crate. Like, usually when we ship macaws, we ship them into, with large, extra-large dog crates that you get, like, at Petco or Petmate, and you put right. a perch in because that's, they need that space inside. And so the, the, the reason why it can be so expensive to ship macaws is because airlines charge dimensional weight, usually, the length times, width times height. Okay, but the other thing is that there's certain airlines will only charge by weight. So, for example, you know, you could use United Airlines. United Airlines and Delta have a pet safe program that I would recommend that you could call them. Again, birds are very challenging, so a lot of times airlines don't really want to deal with moving them, especially this time of year. It's very hot, and St. Louis is very hot this time of year. Yes, you know, I really recommend that uh, you wait until the fall or, you know, before it gets too cold to do that. But I would recommend, you know, calling. I would I, really, when it comes to birds, I would say on this one, I would say to uh, United, because they adopted Continental's Pet Safe Program, which is excellent. Okay, so go with United and Delta. Or wait, what was the last one you just said? So United or Delta would be the two the two airlines I would recommend going into St. Louis. Um, again, it, it, shipping animals is not cheap. It's it's a, it's, a, it's it's cheaper for a human to fly from LA to St. Louis than an animal, and I think that's where people, you know, get very concerned. But again, it's uh this is where airlines make their money too. They make money on cargo, and with live animals, it's a specialty product. So um, oh. again, you're going to be paying some money for that. But a thousand dollars sounds very steep. I would say Connell United would be probably around the airfare would be about three hundred fifty, maybe four hundred dollars at most. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Okay, exactly. make sure you get a health certificate from your veterinarian. That has to be within ten days of travel. Okay. Right. Okay. Thank you so much. You've given me some good information because I was concerned about the money, so I can I can get the money, and because they got to go home with me. Yeah. Well, yeah, you know, because, you know, birds, they're very loyal to their owners, so, and they live a long time. So, you know, I, I again, I, I would want to see you get separated from your bird. I know. <laughs> I can't. 
Thank you so much. You got me. You're welcome. I really know what direction to go to stay here in California. And they say, just because I'm a bird, I say, well, you don't understand. That bird's my bodyguard, my everything. (laughs) I hear you. We understand. Thanks for your call, BJ. And, uh, of course, James Nelligan, thanks for joining us today. Check out the website, Animal Movers TV. Animal Movers TV. And check out James' program, his reality show. And uh, we hope to speak to you again. More Animal Radio on the way. Hi, it's Alan Cable with another dog tip. Are you thinking of getting a dog? Well, here's some things to think about before you do it. Firstly, are you out of the house a lot? Do you work all the time? Give the idea of getting a dog some thought if you're in that situation. I mean, put yourself in the dog's shoes. Imagine being locked up all alone all day with, well, nobody to play with. There are some dogs that like to lay around a lot and they're less active, but most dogs need exercise. They need playtime and interaction. Sometimes folks don't think about it, but dogs are living things and you can't turn them on and off when you want to like your TV. When you get one, you're making a major commitment to spend, oh, I don't know, the next 13 to 16 years of your life committed to a living thing, making sure it has a good life. I bring this up because a lot of folks go out and get dogs without actually knowing what they're in for and again education is your most powerful tool you should read up ask yourself why you want a dog and make a list of all the reasons then look your list over closely and if you still think you want a dog because you'd be a great dog parent and enjoy satisfying your dog's needs decide whether or not you want a puppy or an adult dog puppies have lots of needs they need exercise they need to be around lots of people and lots of other dogs they're learning about the world and it's up to you to show it to them plus you gotta potty train them teach them what not to chew on in fact you gotta teach them all the rules and ropes. Adult dogs usually are a lot less work and a lot more mellow too. In fact, it's possible to get a rescue dog or an adult dog that requires very little. Maybe just a good long walk every day and some affection. The one thing you don't want to do is bring a dog home and be in for lots of surprises, not know what to expect. You know, stuff like finding your favorite shoes chewed up or the drapes pulled down, carpet pulled up, door chewed up. (laughs) I've seen it all. You would not believe the destruction that a dog can do to your house. So before you get a dog think long and hard make a list and do a lot of research and reading so that you both can be happy i'll tell you this much there's nothing more rewarding than having a dog they're incredibly loyal they're always happy to see you they never lie to you and they give you unconditional love that's all we have time for today wow it was jam-packed thanks for joining us don't forget to check out our facebook page at animal radio and check out dr debbie's book about yorkies yorkshire terriers how to be your dog's best by Dr. Debbie White. We'll catch you next week right here for more Animal Radio on these fine stations. Have a great week. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. This is Animal Radio Network.